the free for all roundtable. Round two. On round two today, Sunira Chaudhry is here, employment lawyer at Workley Law. Robert Benzie is the Queen's Park Bureau Chief for the Toronto Star. And Richard Krause is here, host of the podcast, Last Call with Richard Krause. And Richard, I'll actually start with you because in reading uh, from the copy that was written by the Conservatives to go after Bonnie Crombie, I started to channel <laughs> lifestyles of the rich and famous. And yeah, just, Where's Robin Leach when you need him? Yeah, well, late yeah. of this world. World, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. is is that a problem for Bonnie Crosby or Crombie? I don't think so. Uh, I think that it feels to me uh, a little desperate. It feels to me going after her because she has a nice watch and, uh, you know, has a house in the Hamptons, although apparently it's not really in the Hamptons, uh, feels to me kind of rich coming from Doug Ford, who was a very wealthy person himself. He's got certainly a common touch, but I think Bonnie Crombie has that as well. And uh, if, you know, Jugmeet Singh can be seen with a Versace bag, I think Bonnie Crombie can... uh, you know, vacation in the Hamptons, all she wants, as long as she does the job, I think this is the cheap shot. I'm just happy I wore my Burberry scarf today. Um, <laughs> Robert Benzie, uh, can I ask, where does the money come from? Uh, I mean, what, oh, you mean the money that she has? Well, yeah. I, mean, I guess she makes money as the mayor. And uh, I, I don't I don't think Mayor Crombie is a millionaire. I don't really, I, the, the attack seems to come based on, I guess, her maybe her boyfriend has a nice car. I don't know. And yes, she, I gather she has a nice watch. So do, uh, John, half the cabinet in Doug Ford's cabinet. There's a, there's a few cabinet ministers that I won't name who actually have a collection of watches. So I think it's a very strange attack line from a conservative party, which is you'd think is uh, it would we'd be about aspiration and enterprise and mm. and things like that not being you know playing the class war kind of game it's very odd and it speaks to i think richard's right it speaks to a weird kind of desperation now in fairness crombie does live rent free in doug ford's head and i think that is something that <laughs> is that all of the fundraisers at the tories know that and i think so maybe they're trying to 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 uh you know appeal to to his sensibilities the premier sensibilities on that front the problem for the tories of course is they're in the, they're currently engulfed in the greenbelt uh land swap scandal that's being investigated by the rsmp that is uh, that alleges that billionaire landowners got favorite favoritism uh, favorite favoritism <laughs> were treated favorably by the government so uh, it's a really odd kind of line of attack. Maybe they th- they see something in it. I don't know. Personally, I- I'm I'm with Richard. I'm not sure it's that smart. Scenario over the years, I've also noticed that amongst conservatives, having money is seen as a you know a qualifying characteristic. It's like look how accomplished this person is. Look at Donald Trump. But if <laughs> if a liberal gets money, it's because they're a hypocrite. It's it's a really good point, John. I mean, often when we look at politicians who've done well for themselves, who have shown to be uh, have a sharp business acumen, this, this seems to be a strength when they turn to politics. And of course, Bonnie Crombie doesn't have that kind of storied past. I mean, she has been, of course, a politician for a very, very long time. And I think it does leave some questions like the one you just asked, uh, Benzie, where does the money come from? So I think it's an interesting um, seed that the Conservative Party is is planting here. I mean, painting this picture of of private jets and a sitting shotgun in a Maserati. I mean, uh, yet Bonnie Crombie has come out saying, uh, I don't even own a car. So 
I, I don't know how much the truth is really going to play into this narrative. People are going to dig in and uh, into the story about Bonnie Crombie, wonder about what she's doing on the weekends, how she's traveling for um, for work and for pleasure. I think people are going to really take interest now, whether or not it's truthful. Of, of course, this is going to be a, a TikTok kind of campaign. People are turning to Instagram, turning to TikTok to, to hear what politicians are saying about their rivals. And people are taking these allegations as as gospel. And we're going to see that play out. I mean, this is just the beginning. I can't I can't imagine what we're about to see. Okay, you folks may have heard some of our callers just a few minutes ago weighing in on the appearance at the Toronto Public Library of a controversial figure named Norman Finkelstein. Two, uh, they, they were all men, actually, all the callers. So to a man, they all said, free speech, bring it on. You know, we can debate him later. Um, Sunira, what do you say? Well, I, what I say about this is, do we want municipal government weighing in on who can and cannot speak at an event in our city? That's where I'm going to start and end that question, because the moment we allow city councilors to start weighing in on this, uh, really uh, sort of setting the tone or setting potentially an ugly precedent for what or who can speak in the city. I mean, the slippery slope there, uh, it's just a moment. The moment we open that door, I think it's it's a dangerous, dangerous situation, um, especially for a city that really props itself up on on diversity, on inclusion, and, and this idea of freedom of expression. I mean, that is uh, among the topics that was uh, meant to be addressed by uh, the Toronto Public Library. So uh, I, I really reserve, you know, you know, my my comments there because I think that I don't think there's a place for municipal politics to weigh in. Period. And uh, uh, Richard Kraus. I agree with Sunira on all of that, but what I would add is that I would rather have uh, that kind of speech, and I think this probably echoes what the callers were saying earlier, uh, out in the open and not hidden away on some dark corner of the internet, uh, you know, on the dark web somewhere. I think that if we have uh, this out in the open where it can be debated properly, where people know what's going on, uh, it is to everyone's benefit when we know where the hate is coming from. Um, yeah, this uh, banning things and banning speakers, uh, particularly, you know, on a municipal or provincial level, I just don't think is is right. And uh, I'm I'm not for censorship in this form. And just before I turn to you, Robert Benzie, let me quote from a statement that this individual, Norman Finkelstein, made on October 7th. He said, if we honor the Jews who revolted in the Warsaw Ghetto, then moral consistency commands that we honor the heroic resistance in Gaza. I, for one, will never begrudge. On the contrary, it warms every fiber of my soul. The scenes of Gaza's smiling children as their arrogant Jewish supremacist oppressed have finally been humbled. Now, and he insists in his defense that he didn't know how horrible it was, but that does read pretty badly. Yeah, it does read badly, John. And Finkelstein sounds like someone with a, a warped sense of history. And, and, I, and, and I know a little bit about history. I have a history degree, and I'm not sure I would liken the Warsaw Uprising to what Hamas, which is a terrorist group, by the way, classified as such by the Canadian government since 2002, did on October 7th when 1,200 people were slaughtered. And as a result of their actions, thousands of more people in Gaza are being slaughtered. And it's a terrible, terrible situation. And I think the problem with people like uh, th- this fellow is that 
they they are almost like to be uh, incendiary contrarians and then throw out, out ideas and 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 see what happens. That said, I agree with Sonera and I agree with Richard. Uh, I I do not like. Uh, politicians, whether they're municipal, provincial, or federal, uh, censoring things. I, I think that in the in in a, in a liberal democracy like we have in Canada, we have to hear ideas that are uncomfortable to us, and we have to debate them and and dismiss them. And this this fellow's ideas sound moronic, and he and he deserves to have his hearing, and then the people can debate him and say you're an idiot, and he does sound like an idiot. <laughs> okay, I this is perhaps a heady debate, but what is the significance of a kafia? This is the black and white scarf that is custom primarily worn in the Arab world, but especially by Palestinians. Two Palestinian Canadian siblings went to a Mariah Carey concert, I'm sorry already, and they were compelled to take their kafias off, put them in a bag and check them for 20 bucks. Sunira, is it necessarily uh, a provocative item of clothing? I think, uh, John, in this situation, we've got to consider the entire context, which was these two siblings had two signs that related to uh, the, the the Middle Eastern war that 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 is unfolding. They had signs relating to Palestine. And uh, I, watch any hockey game. Go to any Blue Jays game. You don't see you, you don't see signs that are political that might incite some kind of protest. So I think that these two siblings first of all were stopped because they had these signs that they intended to hold up. They called them playful at this concert. This is a concert where families are getting together, children are there. I think the last thing any family uh, would want is some kind of unrest in the ACC where tens of thousands of people are there trying to have a a good pre-Christmas you know, uh, gathering. And I think the MLSC might be seen to, uh, I don't know, have taken an unpopular position here, but I mean, l- let it be unpopular. I I, I think we, we all accept that you, you want to go to these sorts of events and not have that unrest follow you inside once you've paid for your ticket to enter. Okay, so I guess, Robert Benzie, we can agree that Yasser Arafat ruined a perfectly nice item of clothing. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. He, he The Oslo Accords brought peace to uh, the Middle East for a, a, a brief flickering moment until Rabin was assassinated by a Jewish fanatic in 1995. So I think, uh, yeah, I mean, Yasser Arafat history is going to judge him more kindly. I don't know about the Kafia. I, I think I agree with Sanira on this, though. I think it's the yeah, ML, uh, MLSE is a private company and the, and the Scotiabank Arena is a private facility. And if you want to make a political protest there, you can, I suppose, try to sneak a sign in. These two siblings were caught with their signs. Those signs were taken away from them because it was not appropriate, according to MLSE. And I guess they uh, they took away the kafias for the same reason, or or they asked them to check them for the same reason, uh, perhaps seeing it as a as a political uh, uh, protest. Now. I, I think it's it's a it's a gray area, perhaps. The problem is, I think everyone's saying, oh, this is now anti-Palestinian racism or something. And I'm not sure I buy that argument. I think I think these two knew what they were doing and they wanted attention and we're giving it to them. So I guess they were successful. Yeah. Well, and Richard Krauss, it is sort of wearing a kafiyah these days. I mean, I have one. I wouldn't wear it publicly. Uh, it sits on a chair because it's a nice shawl. Um, but <laughs> these two are kind of being disingenuous and going, wow, what? It's just a scarf. 
Yeah, I think the the problem started with the signs. Uh, you know, they probably brought attention to themselves with the signs. Uh, the kafias were, you know, the secondary to the whole story. And MLSE has a website that lists things that you can't bring in, you know, which are signs, symbols, images, flags, clothing, banners that may be considered vulgar, discriminatory, dis- uh, disrespectful, political, or a tool to be used as an incitement for protest. And okay. those are listed under their uh, prohibitive items. So I won't wear a Montreal Canadiens jersey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's almost no time left. But actually, Richard, let me ask you, you're probably a frequent Uber, Uber user. Uh, Uber is now suing the city of Toronto for trying to cap the number of licenses. What say you? Uh, I don't think this is something that the city needs to be uh, involved in right now. I agree with Uber uh, that this was sort of uh, sprung upon them uh, without any real notice. And, uh, you know, there there are uh, a lot of Uber drivers on the streets. Uh, absolutely. But we are a thriving, growing city. And uh, if we want people to get around with, you know, a failing transportation system like we have here in the city, cabs and Ubers are going to be important. We need more of them, not less. Thank you all. Good to have you today. Sanira Chaudhry, Richard Krauss, and Robert Benzie. Round table. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.